Hi, welcome back to the Very Sporadic Wild Womb Podcast. How are you doing? The world has been totally turned upside down. Um, If you're listening in real time, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and it's all that anyone is really talking or thinking about. Um, Each day has been really different and my emotions have definitely followed suit. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and I'm just trying to lean into the discomfort and ride this out as much as possible. I feel very grateful that I've been able to continue to work. Um, I work from home and also everybody in my immediate life is is still safe and healthy. Um, So there's definitely a lot of gratitude and a lot of, honestly, a lot of positive wisdom I've witnessed in this. And I, I find that hard to really talk about because this has also been such a problematic and horribly stressful scary time for most people but I've been in the moments of more clarity trying to think about the things that have felt good about this I don't know if it's necessarily good but I I do feel like there's some change coming and we're going to have to restructure how our world exists and how we approach things after this. Um, I've been really excited to see so much more community engagement and like detachment from capitalism and folks really like coming together and providing services to each other for free or low cost sliding scale. I think that's so inspiring and I hope that we can hang on to that and and really just build our our financial situation very differently um, and also our health care. I'm really hoping that this is a, a wake-up call for everybody who's either not voting or voting for the wrong people to get your head in the game and, and think about who's really serving the people here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like I said, this conver- this is really the, the topic at, at hand and something that I think people are just constantly talking about and um it's been a lot. I think I feel a little bit overrun by it. Um but it's also of course very important to be engaging with this. Um but this conversation today is a bit of a break from all that's been going on. Um so today on this episode I have an interview with Felicia Sokol who was previously on this podcast. Um she came back to talk about her internal growth and exploration through self-pleasure. Um, For her, this has been a radical reclaiming and transformation. As she talks about, it's been essential to her ability to connect to her truth, and she feels passionately that self-pleasure and sexuality are the core to our being. It's our creativity, our life force, and it's so much more than penetration. It comes from within. If we can really cultivate a self-pleasure practice, we can really get much deeper into ourselves and show up more fully and present to our lives. I do want to note, though, that this this conversation is based off of Felicia's experience within her body and also in relation to those she shares that experience with. So she uses really heteronormative languaging um, because that's in line with her personal experience, but I do want to be clear that this discussion and this space as a whole is open to all bodies, um, to everybody. And I'm also holding space for us each having our own relationship to how we talk about our bodies and sexuality. So she's using language that most uh, relates to her, and that's okay for this, but 
um, know that that's varying um, and there's so much room for difference here. Um, so this is Felicia's story of sexual, sexual awakening and empowerment. I hope you enjoy it and feel inspired to use this quarantine time to take an inventory of your own sexual energy and start diving in. Let me know what you think. I'll see you on the other side. Stay healthy. I'm not, I'm not even just talking about sexual pleasure. I'm talking about pleasure. It has to do with the five senses and being mm-hmm. in a body, like being a human and enjoying that. So I think our relationship to pleasure in general is our relationship to life and yeah. to living. And like lots of people are breathing, but not living. And I think, you know, when you think of those old people who just like they die at 100 and they're like giggling, like they have such a good relationship right. to pleasure. They enjoy and they indulged. It's not there's a difference between overindulgence and indulge. They, they indulged in the human experience because it's our right to and it's it's OK to to enjoy right. life. Um, and so, yeah, this relationship to pleasure. And I think sexuality and pleasure is kind of the pinnacle and the, the core center of our relationship to life itself yeah I totally agree um, and I think like there's such a drive to deny pleasure uh-huh. on every level uh-huh. and I really think it does uh-huh. come from this like puritanical view of sexuality and right. you know and, and right. there's just other and, yeah and just and just general, like, low self-worth, which comes from religion. It comes yeah, from a yeah. lot. <laughs> I, that's a whole nother podcast. But, like, we're just not worthy. And I think the more you or individuals unlock their relationship to pleasure and dive deeper into it, the more, the higher their self-esteem and self-worth. And so I think it's a very, it, I think it's a tool for self-realization. And I think self-pleasure is the is one of the best and most intimate tools for that. Yeah, and that's definitely been your experience from what you've told me. Yeah, and I'm only like, I feel like I've only opened the doors, but I've made so many breakthroughs in just the past couple of months that I didn't even know were possible. And uh, I mean, I knew they were possible, but I was like, oh, but not yeah. me, you know? And um but also, I just want to, like, mention before we go, like, deeper into this that I'm very aware that, like, many people and women and men, but women, too, are carrying a lot of sexual trauma from experiences. So I just want to say, like, for anyone who has that, like, just go slow and gentle. Like, you don't need to rush into any of this. I think that's very important. Yeah. And also that my language may be very heteronormative because that's my personal experience with myself, but all these concepts are for everyone and you can just translate to whatever your experience yeah. is. That's yeah. Thank you for so stating that. Think- yeah, and I think that is so important with sexual trauma because that's so many people's experience, but I think it can be a really good way to help heal from that and to be able to like repair yes. your relationships with sexuality and other people. Yeah. Yes. And all of it, I mean, if you have a yoni and if you, or if you identify with the feminine as I do both, mm-hmm. 
um, it's really about uh, surrender and trust. And I think it's not something you can ever rush yeah, into. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess I'll, I'll start with um, kind of my history a little bit. Because I think something that's gotten me to this point was taking... I guess, like, you could say radical self-inventory over <laughs> my own sexuality. Yeah, I like that. Um, I hope I do that in life, or I just strive to do that in life with everything, but um, definitely with my sexuality. And I, I think that um, it's interesting. I can't speak for male experience or masculine experience, but I can't speak for feminine experience. And... I know, I'd say it's probably 50-50 amongst um, people I've spoken to that sometimes I ask my, like, girlfriends, what, like, when did you start self-pleasuring? I don't even like to use the word masturbation anymore, even though I, I see a difference between the two. But, like, when did you first do that? And, like, for me, it was before I even had a word for it. Like, I'm not kidding. I have memories of this from when I was like three years old. And I don't mean just like, I mean like to the finish really? line too. And yes. And I, and I, um, and I actually find that that's not super uncommon. And I have this, this is what's crazy. So like my experience with it, with it first, my, I guess my first sexual memories, I don't know if they're my first sexual experiences were very, very young, like definitely preschool mm-hmm. age. And um, I didn't, I thought I was like the only person who could do this. And it was just like this thing that I did. I remember that happening to me as well. (laughs) Yes. See, and I think this is actually really common amongst women. So actually by the time we're old enough and we hear this word masturbation and this, I was like, oh, this is a thing that people do. Like, I'm not, I'm not the, I I did feel like a bit freakish. Like I knew it was secretive because I knew like, you know, it was a part of my body that's always covered. So like, but I have this like distinct memory in preschool. <laughs> this is crazy. Where like it was nap time. We all had like an hour nap or whatever. And I, na- I was not a napper. Like I, I was fine yeah, sleeping at night. And so, but I was quiet. So I would like lay and sometimes I would, you know, <laughs> do my thing very quietly. And I remember being yelled at. Yeah. Um, this one time and being shocked and jarred because in my mind I wasn't disturbing any kid I wasn't making noise I wasn't doing anything that was disruptive so why was I being yelled at and I felt a lot of shame in that moment like oh this is bad and and I I only thought of that memory deeply like a couple years ago when I was going through when I was taking inventory I guess Um, so that was very interesting like there was no, and like, I, I'm, I know my parents like knew that I was doing this too. And like, they, I'm sure they thought it was normal and fine, but nobody ever talked to me. About so they it. didn't acknowledge like, didn't, it. No, they were just sort of like, let it happen. Yeah. So that's a, I think that's a different is, experience than a lot of people have. It's a different experience. Yeah, I do. But I do also remember when I was in in first grade it was like the summer going into first grade I had this sleepover with Mm -hmm. a friend and I just decided to confide in her and tell her like I do this thing and it feels really nice and like I don't know and then it's over (laughs) (laughs) 
And like I described it and she literally looks at me. This is when we were like six or seven years old. She was like, me really? too. And I remember we, yes. And we, we went all the way through grade school together. And I remember when we started having like sex ed or whatever, when masturbation or that word started, we like looked at each other being like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's really interesting. I think it's really important for us, like when we start diving into this deeper that we look at our first sexual memories. And I realize that can be very traumatic for some people. Definitely. So please go slow. I'm not pushing anyone, but to think about like, was it, did you accidentally walk in on like, you know, you're someone watching porn? Like, was that your first experience? That's kind of traumatic too. Or was it discovering it for yourself? Like what, or was it, you know, what was that experience? Cause it's similar to, um, you know, your first period and like whatever the energy was around that men are um or menarchy i have never been totally clear um but i hear i hear both (laughs) so either way is totally all right so menarch is the first period and that's another thing to get in touch with if you identify with the feminine is like your first (laughs) menarch experience and what your mother or your friends or your own reaction was to all that Um, because that has to do with your relationship to your womb. And of course, this is all connected. And same with your first kind of sexual experience that you can remember. I agree. Um, I think it's just important to look at that because I think it sets the stage no matter what. And you're not, you're not um, stuck in that foundation. Like that foundation is movable, but the foundation is going to be unconsciously there until you kind of dive deep into it. I agree. Yeah. So, so yeah, my, I, I think in a way, I am really grateful for my first experiences just being self-discovery, even just innocently as a child, because I, I, I can, can at least now where I'm at now with all the shame that you carry as a woman and as a sexual being and as a person in the world, just being human, that's obviously there in the collective. Um, I'm starting to view it and I don't know if this is just reflective of where I am in my journey. I'm starting to reflect on my first experiences as really innocent and then bringing in that innocence because it is innocent. Sexuality is normal and it's okay. And it's pure in and of itself. I think that's a really Um, important thing to highlight is that it is, I think even in like a lot of sex positive communities, it's still not, discussed as if it's an innocent thing you know it really right I mean sometimes but I I think that largely the language around it is that it is this it's this like other thing it's not like an integrated experience um even Mm -hmm. if we are being really sex positive it's still like yeah it's a separate thing that you know we're working towards being positive about but not necessarily like understanding it as this totally integrated experience and sometimes sex positive I don't I mean that's a very exactly. broad term so I'm just gonna talk to like this term female sexual empowerment it's like <sighs> there's a lot of it's great yeah. I'm all about it there's a lot of, if you even just look at the history, like we have utter repression of the feminine and her sexuality for years. Um, 
from the 1950s 60s even before like from the witch hunts Mm -hmm. like whatever there's a there's been this like repression no 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 and now in a way at least where we live in like our demographic there's kind of a swinging of the pendulum in the opposite direction and I think it's just something we need to be careful about because there's I still think there's a lot of mixed messages because although there shouldn't be repression we don't want to be repressed that's awful you also don't want to go around being reckless with your energy and again there's no rule to like how anyone should spend their energy except to get in touch with their full body yes and full body now and I think there's a lot of things that are like just do it it doesn't matter nothing matters and I'm like uh maybe like maybe that's good for some people but at least I know for myself and the more I've gotten in touch with my womb and it's become like a very physical and spiritual experience. Uh, it's for me personally, it's very sacred and uh, I have to be very mindful. Yeah. And I, I've heard you use that phrase a lot and I really appreciate it so much. I think it's, I don't know, it's on my mind a lot, the full body yes and full body no. Um, Mm -hmm. But I personally find it very hard to figure out what that is. And I would love Mm -hmm. if you had any, like, guidance on how to do that for people. Yes. Um, I think when it, I'm going to, like, try to focus on self-pleasure. But I think when it comes to partnering with people, if you're unsure, it's no. If you have any reservation, it's no. This is yeah. how I feel, you know. Like, go, like do – I also think it's great to make mistakes, but, like, if it's not a full – start saying no until you know what your yes is. Ah. Like, get in touch. You have to get in touch with your no I love that. Is before you get start in touch saying with your yes. no until you say yes. Yeah, and just – you'll feel it in your body. But I also realize people are not always that clear with their yes and no. And by the way – whatever your sexual yes and no is, that's going to translate over to life and boundaries. Definitely. All of these tools, all of these things will translate over to life. So that's why I think it's such a powerful tool to um, self-realization. But yeah, so I I think self-pleasure is the best way to get in touch with your yes and no, because you're in control and you get to discover for yourself what how to hold space for yourself totally and how and and how deep this can really go and um I think there's a lot of now I'm gonna get like a little Mm -hmm. technical this is there's like a lot of focus I just find a lot of mixed messages in like sex positive spaces in my opinion which there's like this ultimate focus on the clitoris and like that it's great like don't get me wrong I I love it (laughs) but it's almost like people completely ignore their yoni yes and the deeper you go inside the deeper you go inside yourself and that's what I've learned and a lot of people are disconnected and numb and I think we're almost like all programmed to that extent in some absolutely I mean I think that there's like no well, there's no emphasis on female pleasure at all, um, especially in, like, sex ed. You know, like, as we're learning about sexuality, oh, no. there's no emphasis on on our pleasure. Um, I mean, all that's in sex ed is, like, don't get pregnant or diseases. I'm, like, and, and you're going to grow pubes. Exactly. I'm like, okay. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no actual, like, 
sex ed in sex ed. <laughs> no, none. And and that's the thing. People are so uncomfortable with sexuality. It's like, how clinical can right. we make this? Like, oh, if you rub yourself this way or do this technique, like, I think technique is, like, 5% of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the rest is all just surrender and connecting and safety and just going inward yeah so so what so yeah to get in touch with your yes and no I think it's really important to get in touch with your yoni by yourself because how can you know your yes and no if you don't know that for yourself already and also how can someone how can someone know that for you exactly and you, yeah, you can't like there, lean into not, somebody else to discover that aspect of yourself. Right. And you're not just, you're not discovering techniques. You're not discovering, oh, like if I move sometimes, like if I move in this way, that's, that's sometimes just yeah. habit. What you're discovering is how to like release and like dive deep and let go. Mm-hmm. And there's no specific move that's required for that. And that's when you go more in depth. So the the most important thing is for women to get in touch with their yonis or people who have yonis. Again, just translate my words for whatever fits you. Um, but to get in touch with your yoni is really important because we ignore it. Um, and then we all have these like sexual habits. Like we all know, or I, not all a lot of people know like what can get them off in like five seconds that to me is master I agree I think that's an important distinction and yeah it's like the jerking off you know like you're just trying to like get to the end as quickly as possible it's like candy and no shame in that like exactly and and so like I like to think of this all as food exactly like what you said candy there's food okay we're hungry Let's say that's our sexual energy moving in a certain way. We're hungry, okay? You can be fed. But what are you going to feed yourself with? Are you going to nourish yourself and take the time and set the table? Like, are you going to set the table, cook the meal, and, like, enjoy the deliciousness of that meal and, like, feed your body vitamins and minerals and everything that's important? Or are you just going to let yourself get so hungry you just eat a bag of Cheetos and that's yeah. That. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. I love that. <laughs> and I think we live we in a totally Cheeto culture do. on every level. <laughs> yeah, and deny, deny, I deny. Don't wanna, like, go off. It's exactly. just like not something you can stop thinking about and just shove it all in your mouth. <laughs> and I think things like porn and um, sometimes a vibrator too. Like those things are very quick and do not feed you at all in fact they take you out of your body you're just tricking your brain into thinking that your body has pleasure but you're not like there's a reason people shut the laptop there's a reason people are like, Ugh, and grossed out yes. do you know yeah. what I mean it's because it's not it's, it's fake it's not you're not really in touch with your body and you're not getting in touch with yourself in any way so I don't want to like focus on that but I, I think, think that's an important thing though and and it does like it really important. does relate to food so much and and again like there's no mm-hmm. shame in that because sometimes like the thing that's gonna make you feel the most settled is a bag of Cheetos and that's fine yeah it's it's fine but is that what you're constantly right and that's, the, that's the distinction 
is that and also it's okay to get in touch with this pleasure before you go into starvation mode because I think a lot of people they go they're like oh what do I do with this energy like yes you know and I'm like get in touch with pleasure every day you don't have to sell pleasure every day but but you should I would recommend it if you can (laughs) but like but get in touch with it enough so that you can feel the subtleties of this energy moving before you get to the point where it's just com- this this raw power that you just leak right. out. Um, because it it is raw power and it's beautiful and we're all worthy of it. So um, I'm trying to think in terms of myself. So after... I think after every relationship I've had, I've taken sexual inventory of myself and especially this past year, I'm single now. Mm-hmm. Um, I took probably the most inventory of myself that I ever had. And I think the biggest mistake that I made that I take responsibility for, and there's a lot of like, there was a lot of me s- not listening to myself for sure, but there was a lot of me. I think throughout life, when I've gotten feeling starved is when I'm expecting someone to hold the space Mm -hmm. for me that I've not bothered to learn to hold for myself because I really I think it's important like in the expression of the feminine that the masculine and you can take the part of the masculine and self-pleasure too like that's that's fine but in terms of partnering for me because my relationship is that like the needing the masculine to hold the space and being like well if they don't hold the space then I'm never gonna surrender but you can do that with yourself you can you can teach yourself to surrender and you can hold the space for yourself first and you can learn to hold space and then honestly you'll just manifest a partner who's on that level who can hold the space that you've bothered to do the work for so And again, like, I realize this can all sound kind of woo-woo, but you can think either quite literally about this or as woo-woo as you want. Our wombs are the seat of creation. Like, literally, they create life. Yes. Right? They create life. Or even if you don't choose to be a mother, which is 1,000% as valid as any other choice in the world, even if you don't choose that, your body is still preparing for life generally while you're in your right. fertile years yes. every yes. month, right? So you literally are constantly cre- creating life or at least the, the blueprint mm-hmm. for it. And so too, it's from this space, I think, that we really manifest things. And I think and we send out. It's just yeah. to add to that, it's so important to remember that that's such a powerful position to be in and that, Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because of how we've talked about our bodies and culturally, like, treat women um, and, you know, people with female organs just generally, um, it's, it, we're, we're treated as second class citizens and those body parts are treated as mm-hmm. second rate as well. But if we chose oh, to yeah. not ever have children again, if we, like, got together and no longer decided to procreate, that would be the end of the world. Like, we we are creating humanity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so, of course, it has the ability to 
to change a lot of exactly. things in her life, I think. I think, yeah, as, and I'm, I don't really consider myself a terribly woo-woo person, but I feel like this is just so beyond that to understand that that's such a powerful place in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for me, it's very sacred. And also, I know that whoever I let in there is kind of energetically mm-hmm. there in that, in my creation space. And so do I want to that's where my full body yes and no like in terms of partnering do I want this person in the space that I create my entire life from I don't know (laughs) do I so but anyways but I can still nourish myself regardless even if there's a bunch of no's in a row you know that's okay and so there's this idea I I coined this in my head but I'm sure that someone else has used this word before too which is sexual codependency Mm -hmm. And that's the idea to me that something outside of us gives us pleasure rather than possibly just inspires pleasure within us. That pleasure exists outside of us. And so that's where like even consumer like buy this, buy that, but like porn or needing that partner or that person or like needing to get laid because you haven't bothered to learn how to feed yourself. You don't need to get laid. Like you, you absolutely deserve to, and it should be amazing and enlightening when you do, but you don't need to get late. If you think you need something outside of yourself because you're so starved, that's something we need to look at because you're so much more powerful than that. And like, and, and your worth is so much, we, yeah, your worth is just so much higher than that. You deserve the best. Everyone does. And I think the more people get in touch with their own pleasure, the more that they're going to know I that. I agree. Because I'm, I'm feeling that more deeply than I ever have in my entire life. Um, so, yeah. So I started taking radical self-inventory over this year that I've been single. And um, I remember, I think it was around August, sometime over the summer, I was feeling, I was going through grief at the beginning of the year quite intensely. So I wasn't really in that space in general um but you know starting to feel like the sunshine again and starting to feel you know my future like approaching my future and being in a new chapter of my life I was like I I had this silly thought that I quickly kind of slapped away but it was like oh I guess I'll just you know, I'm just going to put my sexuality to the side, you know, I'll still masturbate or whatever, but I'm just going to put my sexuality to the side and just whenever like the right person comes around or my next part, it doesn't have to be like my partner, partner, but whoever's my next sexual partner, I was like, I'll just wait for them. And they're, you know, my standards are very high at this point. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just have to wait for whenever Mm -hmm. that occurs. And then something in my head was like, I think it was like I had that thought and like literally it felt like an actual light bulb went off <laughs> and like electrocuted me. And it was like, no, you don't have to wait ever. You can do that. You can start this right now. You can start discovering what it is that you want to discover right now. And so I was thinking about that and I was feeling excited about that. And I was feeling like I wanted to explore my yoni deeply and internally and there's only so much you can do right. with your hands. So, and this is something I really recommend to a lot of people with yonis. I think it's really important that we have a tool. 
um, because our hands are really good for the clitoris and then we only take it that far and there's so much more pleasure that can be had internally. I promise everyone can have it even if you think you don't. Um, it just takes a lot of uh, patience and surrender and um, practice and you have to treat it like a self-care practice because that's mm-hmm. what it is. So um, I was like, I don't know if you know, like the Chakrabs website, basically they sell Yoni eggs and Yoni mm-hmm. wands. Yoni mm-hmm. wand is basically, if we're going to just literally say what it is, it's a crystal. Right. <laughs> There's also like glass ones, but obviously I'm me. So I wanted the rose Okay. Quartz. I was going to ask you what was your crystal like... recommendation, but I assume oh, rose quartz. <laughs> exactly and I so I bought this and I was so excited for it to come and like come in the mail not (laughs) quite literally but also quite I was so excited for it to come yeah um it took me like a week to buy it because I was like oh it's like a hundred and thirty dollars not that I don't have that money of course I have that money to spend but I was like, oh, like, so like, really? And then I went, then another light bulb went off, which was like, why would you not invest in your section? Why would you buy this? Like, why would you spend this money on shoes or a jacket or an outfit? And yet you don't want to spend that on your own pleasure yeah. and your relationship to yourself. Like, this is, if anything, the most important, like $130 that you could spend. And so and. Well, money is another thing that is like it I is feel very so related to our sexuality. It is so related know? to abundance. I can't, and I've like seen this literally manifest yeah. in my life. So much more money come through, and so much more opportunity for money. The more I've opened up to pleasure, really, like internally and like deeply. So it's fully related because you're you're kind of surrendering to the like you can think of money as energy like everything else and this idea of giving and receiving and pleasure has a lot to do I think with receiving also giving like when you're with a partner but receiving when it's your relationship to yourself and you yeah yeah and it's getting out of that scarcity mindset with both you open up new pathways between your brain body spirit connection to pleasure you're opening up more pathways to abundance to enjoy life with right and money's a perfect tool it's a huge tool it's not the only way to enjoy life and explore life it's it's just it's arbitrary in and of itself but it's something that we use it's a middleman in a lot of things so it's neutral in and of itself but it's still like the thing that we use and it has a lot of we have a lot of beliefs around it so I think it's fully related um Mm -hmm. so so then I was like, Felicia, spend this money now. <laughs> spend this money right now. And I did. And I was so happy that I <laughs> And I had a yoni egg before, which, by the way, is like this crystal. It's jade. Mine's made of jade. And um, it's not really mm-hmm. meant for self-pleasure. I'm sure someone could self-pleasure with it. It's this egg-shaped thing that goes into your yoni, basically. But I was doing um, pelvic and, like, tantric breathing exercises with it before. So it just kind of gets you in touch with like your breath and you know from birth how related our pelvic floor is to our emotions, how we feel. So the yoni egg is is probably the first thing I would recommend someone get. And I'm not even that deep into it. 
it pretty frequently and I just do different exercises I've just like YouTubed what I want to do and just looked it up and I do different exercises and it has definitely helped bridge that connection between my pelvic floor and um, my heart and my mind so that's the first thing and I had that tool before the yoni wand so then the yoni wand came Okay. And I decided not to touch myself clitorally um, because I think there's a lot of habits. Like it's easy once you're there to just start going in that like quick direction that you know how to go. And I really wanted mm-hmm. to slow down. And I'm so glad I did. So for about two months, I was just self-pleasuring with that. And I was having orgasms not that that should be the main goal ever but I was and um and but they were very like contracted internally like and not super deep inside but they were it was still good Mm -hmm. because I was getting out of habit um and I think that really set the stage for what was to come I think around like November um I started making like massive breakthroughs with like just really deep like vaginal squirting everywhere orgasms <laughs> and like wow. just completely wow. like new feelings like I knew I could do that I always felt like I had to pee during sex and like I knew like I was able to do that and there was like little moments of it but I didn't realize like how in touch I could become with that pathway and that level of release and it's so deep it involves my cervix like I have to be as deep as like basically touching my cervix and that's just how I do it um but yeah it literally opened up like it feels like it opened up my heart even in this way that I I wow I just like am walking down the street and I just wish all women knew that they can do this (laughs) And that they, if they want to, yeah. they can go deep inside themselves because it's, it feels like a wave of like self-love, honestly. And it can be really emotional too. The first time it happened, like, I think it was in November. I, I remember feeling like I was like tapping my cervix basically. And I, I'm, this is very intimate, but whatever, here we go. And um, (laughs) I felt like a moment of like grief. And then I just said, okay, that's okay. Like, I don't even know where this is coming from. These are just like emotions coming up. Because like the deeper you go, like Mm -hmm. the deeper you go, you know what I mean? So it was like grief and sadness. And then it just like went into like utter pleasure. And then like this like crazy release. And I just like let it happen. It was just allowing. And so like, yeah. That's amazing. I don't know, somewhere from like 30 to 45 minutes, I was not timing myself. And so now in my self-pleasure practice since then has been, I give myself, I have at least an hour to myself. It doesn't always, I don't always do it for that long, but it's anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour and 20 minutes always and never, never less than that. That's awesome. Sometimes maybe 20 minutes once in a while, but like never less than that. Um, and I think that's really important. We need to treat self-pleasure like self-care and give yourself the time and the space. Because I think as women, especially like when we've been partnered with men and many men right now don't know how to hold space. That's okay. That's okay. There's right. definitely ones who do. 
Is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. They need to work on themselves. But that's okay. I'm not like making a general. I mean, I'm generalizing, but of course it's not true yeah. for everyone. Um, right. But, right. And again, I think that comes from porn and a lot of habit and a lot of things that are that sexual codependency. So anyways, that has to do for them with like, you know, how long they can sustain. But I think because we're used to partners who, I mean, honestly, how often are you like, oh, they came really fast? Like, not that it happens every time, but like, you're like, I'm sorry, like five minutes is not, or 10 minutes, even 15 is like not long. (laughs) Like, that's not enough for me. No, and that's supposed to, like, that's considered oh long. <laughs> and so, and so then we as women feel pressured. We're like, well, if I want to get off, then I need to just do it in the way that I know how and be really fast about this. And then you just miss out on real pleasure. And that, and again, yes, that's yeah. why, like, for me, it's like, I'm with myself until there's, you know, until I'm with a partner who can hold that space. Um, So... Yeah, I think that's it for that. But yeah, holding space for yourself is the most important. And this this level of like internal and deep pleasure that all women and all people with vaginas are capable of feeling is, is mm-hmm. worth the time it takes. It is not supposed to be a button that you press in one minute. It's just right. not. It's something that space needs to be held and care needs to be brought to it. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at, like, the anatomy of the clitoris, too, like, what we consider the clitoris is really just the tip. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a very very cool-looking – I don't even know what to call it. Mm -hmm. It's not an organ, but – body part that's it looks almost it's a like network. a large yeah it has like something the yeah it's a network of nerves it's all very connected but yeah I think the clitoris is just the tip right. of the iceberg and it's like there's so much more beneath this like trust me <laughs> please everyone listening right to this, and that's what I mean is me. that like your orgasms can be relaxed yeah. your pleasure can be relaxed and received you don't have to do so much um, right. so yeah. And, and also when you focus on the tip of the iceberg, when you focus on the clitoris too much, you desensitize yourself. It's so sad. Right. And like at this point right. for me, it's so sensitive. I can hardly touch it. Yeah. Really? I can, That's but like, and incredible. it's actually always kind of been that way. I've always been kind of more internal, but, um, yeah. And also whatever habits you might have. I promise you, you can break them and you can create new pathways. Everyone can. Like, no one's stuck. That, yeah. It's, like, habitual to think that we're stuck. Well, this is the way that it works for me. True. That's a way that it works. That is a way that it works for you. But open a yourself way, up yes. to more. Yeah, it's open not the way. Open yourself up to more abundance. Open yourself up to more pleasure. Just, just see what's there. Don't be goal-oriented. Don't just go in for – if you're just going for an orgasm, you're just going to have the easy thing but but right, there's right. so much more you'll have the yeah. cheetos you're, you're gonna have the cheetos and cheetos are kind of tasty sometimes but <laughs> like there's more there's like a whole gourmet meal and if you eat too many cheetos you miss out on that you know um right so yeah and i think again you got really in touch with your yes and no because of this surrender and and surrender to the subtle energies 
Um, and again, I feel like I've only, even though I've made such enormous breakthroughs within myself that I almost can't even fathom, I still know, I still feel as though I'm just at the beginning of this journey and there's so much more surrender to be had and so much more pleasure to be had too, but I'm like excited by what's occurred already. Um, Can you tell me about the ba- the breakthroughs? Yeah, it it felt I mean, it's the massive one that I felt was like when I started having these like, more receptive vaginal orgasms, like relaxed, internal and like a Mm -hmm. lot of squirting. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) And it was like something I had never it was just like, oh, this is like, and it takes time. It's like, generally like 30 minutes to an hour. Um depends on the day and also yeah so they it feels like feels like a clitoral orgasm is like it's a really like big release like it's good but it's kind of like contracting and like pushing and like it's really nice but then it kind of feels like these deeper orgasms are more like subtle not subtle Mm -hmm. and like but deeper and more relaxed and like just more received and like softer but still like definitely more powerful than a clitoral orgasm and feel so much more nourished I know that's like all because I I think it's gonna feel different for everyone but I mean I think we've all yeah but that's what you're experiencing or I shouldn't say we all I think a lot of people and maybe you'll relate to this have had an experience where like with a lover it could have even been a lover that you weren't like that. It might have not even been like your boyfriend or whatever, but like there was a lover who like somehow your sexual chemistry was so insane. And like, it felt like, I don't know, I've had this experience where it like literally felt like I was on drugs and I was having like all these crazy orgasms that I had never had. But, but I, the mistake I made mm-hmm. was thinking that now I need a partner like them. Or, like, now I, I have to wait until the next person, like, that comes around or whatever. But it's not true because I'm starting to feel that yeah. myself. Um, That's such a good distinction yeah, to make. exactly. And then you go looking for that out in the world, but it's not out in the world. Like, that person, something with their energy and yours was inspiring that in you. You were able to let go in their presence for some reason. But mm-hmm. we have to learn to do that with ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that's so important to say. I really like that. Um, So, yeah. So there's just, I think a lot of women are like, oh, I can't do that. Or this is the way it works for me. And I I just really encourage everyone to just see, just go, just be curious, go explore yourself and Mm -hmm. not, don't, don't sell yourself a lie you don't know what you're capable yet because you haven't given your t- yourself the time and space. Right. Exactly. And how would you start I, okay, with doing Okay, so there's that, two, like... so there's two things. There's things I recommend getting rid of and then things I recommend getting. So I think okay. for people with vaginas, <laughs> women mostly mm-hmm. get rid of the first thing, I mean, this is probably for everyone in the entire human race, like try to like get rid of porn, honestly. I think it's just, it's, but I mean, I guess there's other, but for the most part, it's like just the shadow and like, you're just going to trick your brain 
into I don't think you're gonna make breakthroughs mm-hmm. through it I'm sorry I just don't <laughs> so anyways that's the first thing I also think it's like deeply poisonous yeah. in a lot of ways not always but in a lot of ways um but regardless just like try to get away from it because there's a lot connected to like addiction and that and just tricking your brain into things and just yeah anyways that's for another podcast yeah that's the first thing I would (laughs) challenge yourself to get rid of or at least like explore without it um that plays into fantasy too um which is fine but sometimes it takes us out of our bodies is what I'm saying so yeah um, yeah. and then the other thing for people with vaginas and generally women and the feminine is to stop using a vibrator or limit it because the reason I'm saying this and give yourself time like again like it's fun here and there like I'm not not trying to be like crazy about anything but a vibrator is creating very intense vibrations that just don't exist normally. It's like turbo supercharged sensation. And you right. put that up against your clitoris, like the most sensitive part of your body, you will absolutely desensitize yourself and you'll become addicted to overstimulation. And you won't right, be right. able. Now, I, by the way, for anyone who like, is totally addicted to their vibrator or just really enjoys it like good for you I promise you you're able to break yourself out of that as well doesn't matter how long you've been doing it that way again like we can all break these pathways and habits actually just with enough time and care I think so that's the first thing I want to say nobody's stuck nobody's ruined themselves like pleasure is always available um, no matter what habits you're in So I think getting rid of a vibrator or just really limiting it is important because you're going to sensitize yourself again to the subtleties and the sensations that really open you up. So those are the first things I recommend. And then I recommend um, a yoni egg um, to start doing practices, like basically contract and release practices with your pelvic floor. And just really getting in mm-hmm. touch with it. Um, that's a really good way. The yoniac. And then I think every woman, I'm sorry, I think every woman needs to get a wand. <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's a wand. So yeah. Much you can do with your hands. And I think it's really important for us to have a tool that's internal. And yeah, um, I... I can't even tell you how many friends I've inspired I can just think of five at the top of my head who all have crystal yoni wands now (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) I don't know like what journeys they're on with them but like I can just think of five and they're like I think just me sharing where I've been at with this and how important it's been as a part of my growth and I guess self-realization and um, I'm very passionate about it obviously I think people are just like, I'll have what she's right. having. Like, sure. <laughs> you know? I agree. I feel that way when I talk yeah. to you about this. I'm like, oh, my God, this doesn't even sound real. No, I and like, like I'm lying, just like, everyone join that. me. Please. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's so important because you're going to, your self-worth goes up. Your yes and no becomes clear. Your, like, openness to life and surrender becomes greater. 
Like, how good is that? You're. Mm-hmm. I find that things, I don't take things as personally. Things roll off my shoulders. Like, I really feel like the more I practice this form of self-care and give it the time and space. And by the way, I'm not perfect every time. Sometimes I, I do get in habits and stuff. But the more I do this, the better I feel in life. The better fed and nourished I feel. And I, I didn't even realize how I was starving in so many ways. And there's been times where I was having a lot of sex in my life. And I was, well, I'm going to use this term that Kim Anami, who's like a sex coach, uses. I listen to her podcast. She has this term called well-fucked mm-hmm. and underfucked. And it has nothing to do with the amount of sex that you're having. But there's people, like, I know you are, yeah. you know, when someone's underfucked, they're like miserable. And it has nothing to do right. with, like, they might be having sex every night, but they're underfucked. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, like, right. how nourished they are. And so I feel very well-fucked right now. And I think, like, I didn't realize it. there were times, like, when I was in relationships where I was way underfucked than compared to now. So it's just interesting. And it's interesting to know that yeah. we have the power to feed ourselves. And that this is, like, a very great power that exists. And it's yeah, and that you don't you need to don't have a partner. Need to have a partner. Don't if you are looking for a partner because you can't feed yourself. You, I mean, you're just never gonna have a good meal. Like it's just we can't expect that from other people. And I think when we do, like, just the energy we have when we do start really diving deep into our pleasure, you don't get me partnership is amazing I'm like I live for it but you'll manifest someone of like that's gonna you're gonna mirror like if you nourish yourself you're only going to manifest someone where there's a symbiotic nourishment going on because you're gonna manifest someone who's figured that out in themselves as well because that's gonna be and I don't even mean this in a woo-woo way you can think of it in a woo-woo way but also like that's where you're at in yourself why would you even be attracted to someone exactly. who's not there or at least going in that direction? Right. That's how you're showing exactly. up in the world. Like, that's just going to be your level. It just is. And um, and you're not going to sell yourself short and you're not going to lower your standards because you're hungry, because you're feeding yourself. And you're you're fine to wait for a partner who's of that level because... It's not like this, like, I don't need no man kind of thing where like, because then you're just yeah. blocking yourself off because yeah, you don't need a man, but you deserve one and you deserve to have a partner who's on your level. Everyone's worthy of that and everyone deserves that. But this is a practice in learning what you deserve yes. and what you're worth. And it's, exactly. it's not like to replace exactly. what you deserve, but 100%. Yes. And yeah, exactly. I mean say that again (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'm trying to think um again like I'm not an expert I wish I had more literature and stuff on this but it's kind of like the best part about it is like the most that I've learned about this is through myself yeah and that's the thing I mean there is literature on it now but and I think that's great it's great to like let people know that this is a possibility but I think yeah just practicing it yourself and and talking about it openly making it innocent and okay again 
It's like exactly. the thing we do like, in the shadows. We first like, talked over it, but nobody wants to talk about it. Like I, I get that it's like this private right. thing, but also you can really inspire people when you're well fed and well fucked. <laughs> I agree. And I think there's a really big difference in how it's talked about because I've definitely talked to a lot of people. I think it comes down to like the sex positive Mm -hmm. camp, I guess, that there's a lot of like over talking and over sharing in a way that feels like kind of empty. Just being like, I'm always like jerking (laughs) off and I'm always masturbating. And yeah, just like being like kind of overdone with it, I guess. Um, which I think is, like, that's helpful, too. It's just helpful to, like, keep the dialogue open. But there's such a difference between that and, like, just talking about it in a really, like, candid and, uh, yeah, open way, I guess. I feel like that's how you have approached it. Like, we first talked about this over dinner, and it was just normal. Like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't like you were throwing your agenda on me or like, so normal. I don't know. I think that that's, that's an important way act- to do it. Just, it it's just normal to other people's stories. Um, like uh, other where, I, or it could even be like friends. Like, you know, when you just end up talking about sex with your friends or something of that nature and you're like, wow, like that's your experience or wow. Like that sometimes there were definitely some people and some of it was like listening in podcasts or like Kim Anami's interviews and in her podcast with like and I mm-hmm. was like oh like if they can do that and they're having that experience of course I can like there's something about sharing right. storytelling that I really think is very healing and opening to a lot of people yeah because we don't know what the possibilities are sometimes and to yeah to hear other people's experiences and the more we hear about other people having those sorts of experiences, the more possible it feels for you. And it's unfortunate that we need that, but it is helpful and yeah. important. And, um, you know, Deborah Pescali Bonaro trained me as a doula and she made the film Orgasmic Birth, um, which was a bunch of, I know you, you've, right. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, but there was also like a woman having an orgasm, like in, well into active labor. Which I don't think is something to be expected yeah. for anyone, but also this last podcast of Free Birth Society of um, that girl who was having orgasms in her birth. There's right, yeah, it's, it's totally so possible. Related. I think our birth experiences. There's a lot of things that go into it, but one thing that I've noticed and that I sometimes have gauged with my clients is like, what's their relationship? How open are they sexually with themselves, even? not saying we have to go and sit down and talk about like the ins and outs of what they like I'm just like how open are they to sexuality and it always informs their birth experience and I find that the ones who have been the most open have had the quickest fastest easiest births not saying they didn't feel pain um but they were like smiling between contractions I mean what do you think got the baby in there what do you what energy do you think it is that it's the same that's gonna get it out and we say that all the time like what gets the baby in gets the baby out but don't sell yourself short on that and thinking I think that a lot of people are like okay well if I just have sex then yeah that will help like get my oxytocin going and it's no it's not just about like having a penis inside of you yeah it's it has nothing to do with that. In fact, it's really about 
Yeah, the the experience. And then there's the scare. I mean, this is probably for another podcast, but there's the whole aspect around fertility as we have like higher technologies like IVF and different things where it's be it you're you can lose the connection to sex i think um yeah i agree and and that i just think that can be a slippery slope sometimes yeah i think that can be really hard for people because when it is when there is Mm -hmm. so much stress on it and you are having to like time your sex and there's so much emotion and process that's attached to it um just trying to like focus on not losing the actual sexual energy is really Mm -hmm. important yeah Mm -hmm. I think it helps people get pregnant completely yeah and just like being open uh I mean that's a hard thing when people are going through struggles I don't want to speak for anyone but um for sure there is something to be said I think it's just helpful to yeah it's helpful to to consider that really trying to cultivate that energy might right. be helpful. And sometimes you can listen to a woman laboring and like sometimes I'm like, this sounds like she's horny. <laughs> like or I'm like, sometimes Yeah. Like, I can't remember what I was in some sort of birth doula workshop at some point where the instructor was like, Okay, everyone, close your eyes. And she just like played a clip on her computer. She was like, Sex or birth? And we were like uh you know it was like half and half none of us ever knew for sure if that was a sound of someone having sex or enjoying themselves or they were going through serious active labor contractions we didn't know it's so true I think even the ones that are in like pretty deep pain often still sound like Mm -hmm. it's a sexual experience and that whole idea of like surrender like surrender is kind of how you get through the process I'm not saying it's easy also I've not right. given birth myself but right. obviously I'm a witness and a doula in, in many births um but that surrender that's when they that's that breakthrough and it's the same thing with our sexuality it's hard there's a lot of resistance right. it can be scary it can be a scary process but it's so rewarding and so worth it and I think so important you don't want to go through your life not knowing yeah. how to feed yourself. Right. And I think it's important to, like, you know, hold the space for yourself in the process of the fact that it can be really scary. And it's okay to, like, stop mm-hmm. and start and and just, like, let yourself actually have those feelings. Like, this doesn't – this isn't going to be just a pure bliss experience for everybody. That And I think that's totally. Kind of and don't ever be hard on yourself don't ever you can't be goal oriented about this you have to just be curious oriented right about all of it huh i wonder what my yes. body can do huh. i wonder how much i love that in there that i wasn't aware of and like when you approach it from curiosity you're approaching it from like basically the inner child and innocence because that's what it is mm-hmm. and yeah absolutely I, mean, I just think it's I think this is a very important tool for everyone. I can't speak for the masculine experience and I think they need their own spokespeople. Um, But I think it's so important for us as women to do this because it's just going to raise our self-worth and what we're willing to say yes and no to in life, in everything. And we, we are deserving 
all humans are deserving of what their hearts desire. I believe that. And so we don't need to ever settle. And, and the more you're in touch with your own pleasure, the less you're probably going to settle for things. Of course, there's always things to work on. And we're always working on that. But I think it gets easier the more you are in touch with yourself in this way. Yeah, I agree. And this just like, resonates with me so much on so many other levels. And I yeah, I think that it it will for other people too. But yeah, just I think it's, it's so important to try to start looking at all the ways that we deny ourselves Mm -hmm. pleasure beyond sexuality and, Mm -hmm. and how we can like really start to live in our bodies and enjoy the life that we have and just going off of what you said like things like eating disorders and our relationship to money are also connected to this same thing yeah and that's like exactly what i'm thinking (laughs) i find like eating disorders like mirrored in certain people's sexual habits sometimes like there's people who are definitely sexually anorexic or sexually like binge and purge and yep, yeah, definitely. there's a lot of that. And also, you know, the more, you know, when, if you've struggled with eating disorders, as I think we both have, um, you know, mm-hmm. that food can be really scary or certain foods, but then the more you heal that eating disorder, or that's, this is what's been my experience. I don't know yours. The more you get in touch with foods that n- nourish you and that is what you want. You start to desire things that are good for you and they they have the most pleasure in them. That's the most pleasurable experience. You're not like, oh, I should eat this because I'm healthy. Like back in the, it's like, no, you want to, you literally want this. Right. Um, Yeah. And that can only happen. You can't force that. That happens over time. And um, same thing with money too. Like people are like, oh, I don't want to spend. I'm like, why not spend five hundred dollars on an ayahuasca retreat why why would you not deserve that or why not spend five hundred dollars to go out of town for the weekend and enjoy like of course you deserve that I mean obviously you need to have a strong relationship to make sure like you can you know do all your day-to-day things and you're not in survival mode but like why not spend 130 dollars on on a crystal dildo why not (laughs) you know you deserve these are all things for you and it is important enjoy life Yes. And it it is important to acknowledge that that's like not a reality for everybody and that it is definitely like a privilege. But if you're in the space of being able to afford that and uh, and being able, like actually able to afford any pleasure in life, that it's, it's important to not deny yourself of that. And like, if you're, you know, physically fed, paying your bills, able to do all of those things and you're just still like hoarding money because of Mm -hmm. that scarcity mindset (laughs) you should let go of that and also it's the same sexuality and totally and I think uh, just in terms of the money thing I think uh as long as you're not in pure pure survival mode like literally I don't know how I'm gonna eat tomorrow but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us in New York or a lot of millennials have experienced some level of this Um, and I think it's more just being, it's less about thinking you don't, I mean, you, it's more about thinking you don't have the money for certain things rather than, cause you might be easily spending money on like takeout every day and not rather, why don't you just cook for three weeks straight 
and then spend that extra hundred dollars on this thing. Like, I think there's a lot of that that can be rearranged, which has to do yeah, with priorities. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that's what you're speaking totally. to for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I think but it's yeah, important that idea to have the day to day survival things in order. You're not even going to be if you're in survival mode. You're not even going to be able to t- tune into pleasure. It's because it's like the next thing up. So like it's definitely important to take care of like having a house over your head and and food to eat and knowing that you're going to live. So you know what I mean. That you're not going to be able to tune yeah. into a self pleasure practice if you don't have the basic human things I think so definitely that's the first thing always to focus on but hopefully most Mm -hmm. of us are out of total survival mode and you can move up it's kind of like in the chakra system like the the root chakra being survival um, and instinct and then the second the sacral chakra which is what we're talking about um, is like abundance creativity um, pleasure all these things are related to that Um, so like once you have the first one in order the root then you can move up. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's something that I've learned a bit about is the root chakra and like mm-hmm. trying to heal that. And I think that's a really good first step for people who feel like really overwhelmed by this is that if you start, start like researching about that and, you know, there's just like different yoga moves you can do or like exercise that's good for your root chakra or ways that you eat. Totally. Like, just grounding yourself I think and starting if, exactly. there is a really and if there's good a lot practice of chakra issues and like you're not really in self-pleasure yet like indulge in like a warm shower like if you have a shower do you know what I mean and really like find yeah. the pleasure in that experience yeah I think that's a really that's a really good idea and just like not just going through it super fast but like really paying attention to all the parts you're washing, naming those parts, like feeling your feet on the ground. I have a friend who's a a mom um, and she has talked to me about the shower being Mm -hmm. like her sacred time. She's like, all of my other minutes are owned by these two little guys and my shower is my time Mm -hmm. to be with me and to like treat myself like a queen. So like use the nice shampoo and the nice body wash and just like really wash yourself. That's such a, I mean, I think we should all be doing that, but it's, it's a really good space to start allotting time to yourself Mm -hmm. to really be there where, you know, you can't bring Mm -hmm. your phone in. You have to just be there and be with your body. Totally. And it's, it becomes like a meditation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that we're getting close to when you have to go. Um, Are there any things that you want to add? God, probably. (laughs) No, I think we could talk about this for hours because there's a lot to unravel. I just (laughs) can't stress enough that, um, to make the time and space for yourself and to to really be curious and just explore and let go of goals and let go of habits and just get to know your body in a new way and give yourself the time and treat Mm -hmm. the space that you're going to do that in same also this goes for birth too like a meditative space like light some candles make it smell good in my, <laughs> my housemates and I, because they know that this is such a huge part for me and it's kind of becoming a thing for them too. <laughs> we have a sock on the door 
uh, sock on the doorknob <laughs> where if there's a sock on the doorknob don't open because like now they know it takes me like an hour so it's not like I can just <laughs> so you know give yourself yeah. the time to see <laughs> that you need and the time and the space and start slow and uh get in touch with your cycle get in touch with your menstrual cycle yeah. if you still have one or if you or maybe you're yet to have one um get in touch with that because I also think there's a lot of secrets and mysteries in there that are going to lend and inform this experience I agree I totally agree Mm -hmm. and the more you get remember I was talking about like the starvation mode and people are like what do I do with this when you get more in touch with the subtleties and able to channel this energy in a new way and get in touch with it hopefully on a daily basis if you can then it, you're going to get in touch with the subtleties of your menstrual cycle as well. And I find that they're often connected like around my fertile window and ovulation. It's like just orgasm after orgasm. And then sometimes the days leading up to my period are really raw and I have to be really slow and more gentle. And um, yeah, you'll, you'll be able to get in touch with your body on very deep levels through this. Yeah, it's definitely such a good way to get to know those parts. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm thanks so much for letting me talk about this, and I just hope that absolutely I want to talk more that people can feel encouraged to start exploring and maybe talking about this too in safe spaces and with other women or other people in their lives and maybe in their partnerships as well. And also if you're in a partnership, if you're not single, still get a Yoni one, still, still commit to self-pleasure. It's so important. It's only going to make your relationship better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very important to note, like don't let your self-pleasure practice. Exa- go away oh yeah. That's like partner. another thing that I think we've all made that mistake. And I know whatever like serious relationship I enter into next self-pleasure is going to at least be a weekly thing for me, I think. And that's just, I'm entering that relationship like that. But it can be a scary thing to bring into your relationship where you put it to the side um, in the, which is a very normal, a lot of people do that. So just maybe coming back to a self-pleasure practice, um, even though you're partnered and hopefully your partner can hold that space and be okay with that. And if they don't, I don't get a new one. (laughs) Get a new partner. a practice and worthiness yeah (laughs) awesome all right well have a lovely day i'll talk talk to you soon. soon so much love your way hug